Arjuna said, O Janardhan, O Keshav, why do you want to engage me in this ghastly warfare if you think that intelligence is better than fruitive work? Okay, Godhead, Sri Krishna has very elaborately described the constitution of the soul in the previous chapter with a view to delivering his intimate friend Arjuna from the ocean of material grief. And the path of realization has been recommended, buddhi yoga or Krishna consciousness. Sometimes Krishna consciousness is misunderstood to be inertia, and one with such a misunderstanding often withdraws to a secluded place to become fully Krishna conscious by chanting the holy name of Lord Krishna. But without being trained in the philosophy of Krishna consciousness, it is not advisable to chant the holy name of Krishna in a secluded place where one may acquire only cheap adoration from the innocent public. Arjuna also thought of Krishna consciousness or Buddhi Yoga or intelligence and spiritual advancement of knowledge as something like retirement from active life and the practice of penance and austerity at a secluded place. In other words, he wanted to skillfully avoid the fighting by using Krishna consciousness as an excuse. But as a sincere student, he placed the matter before his master and questioned Krishna as to his best course of action. In answer, Lord Krishna elaborately explained Karma Yoga or work in Krishna consciousness in this third chapter. Bhagavad Gita is being presented here as it is by Srila Prabhupada. Arjuna appears to have been bewildered. Therefore, Krishna explained Bhagavad Gita to him. Arjuna understood Bhagavad Gita rather quickly. Although he had many questions, many doubts, when Krishna explained Bhagavad Gita to him, he gradually understood and accepted what Krishna said. Bhagavad Gita is considered to be the uh, introductory knowledge to genuine spiritual life. After studying Bhagavad Gita, one should further imbibe spiritual knowledge or Krishna consciousness by studying and hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Bhaktirasamrita Sindhu, and other books. It's not that Bhagavad Gita is, we say, it's the beginning knowledge of spiritual life. That doesn't mean it's not, that it's very easy. This Krishna himself describes as Raja Vidya Raja Guhyam. This is the king of knowledge and the most secret of all secrets. So it's the beginning knowledge of the highest topic. So it doesn't mean that it's uh, something very simple or easy. Just like if someone says, well, I'm in the first year of my PhD studies. So that doesn't mean that he's... Uh, on a very low level, I mean, on a very high level. So, Arjuna was able to understand this Bhagavad Gita quite quickly because actually he was situated in his constitutional position. The constitutional position of every living being is to serve, to be the servant of Krishna. So, Arjuna was situated in that position and only temporarily or superficially. He was in the position of a conditioned soul or a bewildered soul. So, upon hearing Bhagavad Gita, 
he very easily absorbed that knowledge and came back to his position as a surrendered soul. However, most people uh, can hardly understand anything in Bhagavad Gita whatsoever, even though many people think they do. Uh, therefore, it's required that we understand Bhagavad Gita through the parampara process or through the process of hearing from those who have heard and understood this knowledge from bona fide spiritual master who himself has heard from bona fide spiritual master and in this way going in a chain back to Krishna who is the original speaker of Bhagavad Gita just like now I'm explaining Bhagavad Gita to you and you may be also explaining it to others so what is my qualification to explain it to you? I'm speaking very confidently Bhagavad Gita is like this it should be understood like this I'm quite convinced and I'm prepared to uh, back my statements with quotes from Bhagavad Gita and other Shastras. Why is that? Because I've heard from Srila Prabhupada, who was himself a uh, great self-realized soul, and Srila Prabhupada himself attributed his knowledge and his ability to impart the, the knowledge, and of course Srila Prabhupada was a uh, great Acharya, spread Krishna conscious all over the world, unprecedented activity, uh, but he himself attributed his, his success to the fact that he said, I heard very nicely from my spiritual master and I simply tried to follow his order. Prabhupada didn't attribute his success to his learning or his sadhana, although these are all important factors in Krishna consciousness, but to the fact that he had been a faithful servant of his Guru Maharaj in the Parampara system. So therefore we are very confident that by studying Bhagavad Gita as it is, by associating with devotees who are in the same mood as Arjuna. Arjuna's mood was Sarva Meta Dritangbanye Yangmangadasikeshava. Arjuna's mood was that, yes, Krishna, I accept everything that you have said as truth. So, with that confidence in Bhagavad Gita as it is, we are uh, preaching Bhagavad Gita throughout the world, uh, presenting the same truth that Srila Prabhupada has presented. You see here, in the beginning of the purport, uh, Prabhupada uses the term, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. Now, you could have just said, if you have your hand on your mouth, then it's very contaminated then. Here, his little water, you can rinse it clean. Otherwise, next thing you'll be putting it on the Bhagavad Gita and so many things. I learned that from Srila Prabhupada also. Otherwise, I didn't know. Don't put your hand in or on your mouth. So, uh, Prabhupada is presenting Bhagavad Gita as it is, which means actually to understand Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Prabhupada is here making a point uh, how Krishna, as in the previous chapter, very elaborately described the constitution of the soul in the previous chapter. So, Prabhupada could have written simply, Krishna has very elaborately described the constitution of the soul in the previous chapter. But, he wrote instead, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, has very elaborately described the constitution of the soul in the previous chapter. In other words, Prabhupada wants to stress on the point that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It's not that, well, Krishna was a person with some divine inspiration who spoke this wonderful philosophy. He himself is divinity. Not that he got inspiration from anywhere else. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And it is with this understanding that we can accept Bhagavad Gita. Otherwise, what's the point of studying Bhagavad Gita? If it's just, if Krishna is just some other person 
who's born in the womb of a mother and takes birth and dies under the laws of karma, then there's no use to listen to him. If he's just a... We could say, well, he's a very great philosopher. Some people, they like to praise. Krishna is a great philosopher. That's not praise. That's an insult. If you think he's only a great philosopher, of course he's a great philosopher. He is, he is philosophy. Philosophy means to understand Krishna. But if you think that, well, he's a great philosopher, and of course, uh, you see that uh, there's so many great philosophers in the Western countries, the persons like Rousseau, and there's one, Ayer, an English Ayer, and so many. And in, the, in Indian philosophy, there's the, the uh, Charvak, and Buddha, and Gautam, and Karad, Yagya Valkya, these are all. So Krishna is a great philosopher. That's not, that's an insult to say to Krishna. Just like if you, if you meet the uh, chief of police of Hyderabad city and you say, well, you're a great sergeant. That is an insult. To, to ascribe to him, to a sergeant to say you're a great sergeant, that's a compliment. But to someone who's in a higher position, to ascribe to him a lower position, which might be complimentary to someone else, is not actually complimentary. So Prabhupada is making very clear the point, which is actually Krishna's point in Bhagavad Gita as it is, that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. <clears throat> Someone was asking me this morning, well in Prabhupada's Gita, he says, it's not Prabhupada's Gita, it's Krishna's Gita. It's not the, uh, we're not, it's not that we're distributing the Prabhupada Gita. It's not the Prabhupada Gita, it's the Bhagavad Gita. It's not Prabhupada's Gita. It is Krishna's Bhagavad Gita. And Prabhupada has illuminated what Krishna has said. But it's not that you see that anyone can stand up and say anything. I can, we can also have the Bhaktivika Swami Gita. Or any, there are so many nonsense people who are presenting my philosophy. This is the absolute truth. But no, why should we accept what they say? We accept what Krishna says. Because he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Now this may seem to be like a circular argument. If we in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna teaches that he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And why should we accept Bhagavad Gita? Because it's spoken by Krishna, who is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, it's a circle. The, 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 where's the logic? It's, it's going round and round in circles. So where's all the sense in that? Well, that... Arjuna himself establishes Param Brahma Param Dhamma Pavitram Paramam Bhavan Purusham Shashvatam Divyam Adi Devamajam Vibhum Ahastam Rashya Sarve Devarshi Naradas Tata Asito Devlovyasa Swayam Chaiva Brabhishime He says, I accept you, Krishna, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Supreme Absolute Truth, the Supreme Repose of all living beings, the supremely pure person, eternal divine person, the uh, unborn, the the all-powerful, the origin of all the demigods. But why I'm saying this, or anyone can say that about anyone? But it's not just that I'm saying, but all the great rishis and munis, and he gave some examples, they also accept you in the same way. And practically, Krishna demonstrated that when he came to this world, just like some rascals, they say, well, we'll do some meditation and we'll become God. But this is nonsense, because God is always God. If he needs to undergo a process to become God, then he's not God. Prabhupada used to give the example that Krishna, when he was a little baby, then he killed the great demon Bhutana, who was fearful even to the demigods. So many, as a baby, he killed so many fearful demons. That Shakatasura was also very, even as a 
Apparently, just a young boy, he killed very fearsome demons, among whom Kangsu is the most powerful. Though there were so many others in his boyhood, even just he didn't have, he wasn't wasn't going to a martial arts school or any such thing. He was playing with the cows and in the forest, and so many demons came: Keshi, Arishka, Vilmasura, Trinavatasura. Again, when he was just a, an infant, Trinavatasura. So uh, Krishna, even uh, while apparently manifesting as a baby, was replete with all the power of God, and actually for uh, the Supreme Lord to kill a, a, what appears to us to be a very great demon is for him literally child's play. He was a child and playing, and for him it was play, because Krishna, by his simply by his wish, can create, maintain, and destroy millions of universes. So Krishna, he showed some power when he was here on this planet. That's just a tiny little uh, exhibition of his powers. He showed his universal form. He took Arjuna beyond the universe to see the uh, great Mahavishnu. He showed within his mouth, twice to his mother he showed, he showed the universal form. So uh, this, these descriptions are accepted by all the stalwarts and experts on the path of spiritual knowledge who are acharyas, that means acharya means not someone who simply reads something in a book and is expert in discussion, but who actually demonstrates in his life uh, what is realized spiritual knowledge. That uh, achinoti yashastrani, achinoti yashastrani, achare stapyatyapi, Swayam Acharya Yasmad Acharya Stena Kirtika. And Acharya means one who acts according to the Shastra, uh, preaches according to the Shastra, and is himself uh, the living exhibition of what is stated in the Shastra. So uh, certain persons, by their attachment to Krishna, they demonstrate what is uh, for those who are not self-realized, simply theoretical knowledge. It may be theoretical knowledge. If we are reading Bhagavad Gita, to us it may seem somewhat theoretical. But uh, we read about love of God, control of the senses, so many different things. Practically when we saw Prabhupada, we understood, yes, this is something not even communicable exactly by words, but just the experience that here is a person who is touch with the Supreme Absolute Truth. So, Prabhupada is explaining the Bhagavad Gita, which you see even at this stage, this question Arjuna is asking, it appears that Arjuna himself appears to be bewildered. It's a very tricky question. That tricky question means not that Arjuna is trying to catch Krishna and show that he is a no Krishna. What are you saying? I, I, he's not trying to outwit Krishna, but rather Arjuna's attitude is quite humble. But at the same time, he's clearly stating that he hasn't properly understood what Krishna is saying. Is it better for me to engage? Why? Why is Krishna is recommending at the end of the last chapter, Buddhi Yoga? So if you think that to, to act with intelligence is, is better than work, then why are you recommending this work that I engage in this horrible fighting? Just be intelligent. Use your intelligence. But Krishna will explain that using your intelligence doesn't mean to refrain from work. 
but rather one should use one's intelligence to act in a way uh, that is beneficial for his own well-being. So sometimes there's, there's this misunderstanding that to use your intelligence means to uh, or buddhi yoga that means to refrain from all kinds of work but that's not exactly the position uh, not that simply one meditates on the platform of the intelligence but rather uh, one should live in this world and act in this world in an intelligent manner by which he can uh, be freed from material entanglement uh, generally that misconception is there is that we are materially, we are entangled in this material world due to work because every activity produces some result so we should stop acting this is the contention of the uh, impersonal school we should stop acting and simply withdraw our senses from this world and in this way we will become detached from it it sounds like a reasonable proposition but Krishna will explain herein that nahi that not even for one moment can you stop working always some kind of even if you think I'm sitting in the forest meditating but it's not that the bodily activities are stopped at least the breathing is going on mental activities are going on and one may think I've withdrawn from society but still one is dependent upon other living beings one is dependent upon the tree for shelter, for fruit. One is dependent upon the demigods for providing air to breathe. One is dependent upon the demigods for the uh, peristalsis of the body, how the different organs are moving and functioning. So one is always dependent. There's this idea in the impersonalist school that by, by my own meditation and by my, by my culture of knowledge, I will become independent, totally independent. I don't need to. I don't need to depend on anyone else. And then they think, now I become God by controlling my senses. I become God. Actually, this is a, a, a misconception. That the very fact that we haven't controlled our senses means that we're not God. It's a simple thing to understand. We're controlled in all respects. And even if we think that by controlling my life air and controlling my senses then I'll become independent. But we're not independent. That means if there's an earthquake, you can be meditating, but you'll fall in the hole and, you, and the earth opens up. Or, even if you go on meditating very nicely for so many years, the time will come when you have to leave your body. You can't remain in the body forever. So, in this way, Prabhupada would point out very, you see, it's possible to, to get into this, actually this Bhagavad Gita is Gita Upanishad. So, Bhagavad Gita is based on the Upanishads and many of the things, many of the statements that Krishna makes in Bhagavad Gita exactly parallel statements in the Upanishads. So the Upanishads, it's presented in a very complex way. But Prabhupada has uh, presented this in a, in a very simple and straightforward way, actually what is being taught in Bhagavad Gita. The idea isn't that, see, Krishna wasn't speaking to Arjuna that they could have some complex intellectual discussion before fighting. Just to, he's not trying to do some kind of psychological trickery to Arjuna doesn't want to fight okay divert his mind and then you know get his mind away from all that for some time and then he'll be refreshed and then he can go and fight it wasn't like that it wasn't that you know well we, you know, we have three quarters of an hour or so okay let's have some complex intellectual discussion 
That wasn't Krishna's motive. They were talking on a very high level, but uh, it was purposeful discussion. Arjuna had a problem. He didn't understand what his duty was. So Krishna explained that. Now, we, to us it seems like a very high level and very complex, but Arjuna, he was a, a very intelligent person and actually learned in Vedic understanding. So, he, he wasn't unnecessarily introducing complexities, even though he asked Krishna, King Dev, Brahma, King Hadhyatma, King Karma, Purushottam. What, what are all these complex terms, Brahma, Purushottam, all these And Krishna explained very briefly, and then went on to the real point. Prayanakale, chakatam, What The really important point that Arjuna asked is, how can those who are controlling their senses, how will they remember you at the time of death? So that is the real... Uh, Arjuna asked several questions about very uh, subtle factors in spiritual understanding. What is Adhyatma? What is Karma? What, what is the Atma? And then the most important question, how can one remember the other time of death? So Krishna just answered all these questions. That uh, Aksharam Brahma Paramam Shrabhava Adhyatma Murchate That the... That uh, the absolute truth is that which is Aksharam that which is inexhaustible. And that, that, that again is a very deep, what is Akshar? And again it comes. But Krishna went through all these things very quickly. Then he came on to the real point. That the real point he describes in the whole chapter, how to remember, what, how to remember Krishna at the time of death. This is the real point. So here we see that Prabhupada, in his manner of explaining, he wasn't trying, Prabhupada wasn't trying to show some great scholarship, although he's undoubtedly a great scholar. But Prabhupada wanted to present what is the actual point that we need to understand. So this point, that Krishna is the supreme controller, Prabhupada would explain it in a very simple way which everyone can understand, that we are all controlled. It's, we may think that, well, I'm meditating in the forest and I'm so I'm controlling my senses and in this way I'm becoming a controller. But to all these foolish people who like to pose themselves, actually I am God. I was just meditating the other day and all of a sudden I realized I am God. I was working in the LIC office and all of a sudden I realized I am Kalki Avatar. Call all the girls, let's enjoy them. So, Prabhupada debunked all this nonsense. You are not the controller. God means the controller. You are not the controller, you rascal. When you need to pass stool, you can't even control that. What to speak of controlling the whole universe? You're not at all in control. You're not in control of your mind. You're not in control of your senses. You're not even in control of the stool coming out of your backside. And you want to call yourself God? So, uh, Prabhupada pointed out, this is all rascal. Actually, the whole world is... So many rascal things. All the newspapers and the politicians and the advertisements and all rascal things. And they've made this uh, they've made this ethos in which everyone should just be very tolerant and nice and smile and they think a sadhu means someone who just smiles and is very nice and never criticizes anyone. But no, that's, that's another nonsense. That's another symptom of their rascal thing. If they simply want to, I'm okay, you're okay. I'm a rascal, you're a rascal. Don't criticize. 
we won't say, we'll say, I'm very good, you're very good. Actually, I'm a rascal and you're a rascal, but, you know, we'll just think, I'm, I'm nice, you're nice, everyone's nice, everything is nice. In your opinion, if you want to uh, eat meat and drink wine and, uh, you know, enjoy every woman, then, uh, all right, that's okay, that's nice, what's that? What's that? Just like one uh, professor, they introduced Prabhupada to one professor in America. Prabhupada said, this is a professor from the university. He said, what is your service? Professor said, biology. Prabhupada said, poor frogs. He said, what do you mean? He said, you're cutting frogs, no? Biology means you cut frogs. That's sinful. Immediately brought out the point. Now the whole professor, okay, salam, touch his feet. Not like that. You're a rascal, sir. He told him indirectly. Not very indirectly. Poor frogs. That he, uh, for your so-called advancement of knowledge, you have to cut the creatures to pieces. So, this is the fact that uh, the whole, especially modern society, it's extremely sinful. The whole modern society, extremely, very bad. The whole society is simply a great ocean of faults. Very, very bad situation. People are very, very sinful. What people call normal is very, very sinful. Often the people that are taken to Krishna consciousness and their friends and relatives say, well, why don't you be normal? Well, normal means to be a rogue and a sinner and a meat-eater and a drunkard and do every bad thing and your whole life is totally misdirected and that's normal. You should be normal. Why be normal? Well, what is this normal? Normal means you're going to hell. They're worried about the population problem. There's expanding population. What about... Have mercy on Yamaraj. He's giving him such a busy job, filling up hell more and more. Hell's filling up. So many living beings going there. Why don't you be... People are like, why don't you be normal? He thought, well, I thought someone should be kind to Yamaraj. Poor old, poor old Yamaraj. We should save him. At least I shouldn't give him any problem. We have to engage him in so many ways. So this whole idea that you should be normal, don't be normal. It's very Being normal is very bad. Being normal in the modern society means that you're in a very, very bad position. What people consider normal is uh, to be an extremely sinful, selfish person, only interested in yourself, or even if you're so-called interested in maintaining your family. That's also, people think that's, oh, very good, I'm looking after my family. But what is this looking after your family? Devoid of Krishna consciousness, that's also uh, simply uh, self-motivated, uh, selfish and looking after your family means you give them food and clothing and so many things and teach them also how to go to hell. That's not looking after them. If you want to look after your family, then you should teach them. Bhagavad Gita as it is. Otherwise, not looking after them. You're, you're, uh, actually, you're as kind to them as... They're talking about these terrorists. It's very bad. People come in and shoot everyone. But every man in his house is a terrorist because he's sending his children to hell by not teaching them about Krishna. They say terrorism is very bad. The whole society is terrorism. They're eating meat. That means they're terrorizing all the animals. The animals are slaughtered without mercy. And uh, they're bringing up their children in such a way that from a very young age they're under so much pressure to study, 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 then work, work, work. So they have a totally miserable life devoid of any spiritual knowledge. And then they simply have to suffer repeatedly more and more birth and death. So they're saying the terrorists are bad. Yes, they're bad. We agree they're bad. But then everyone is bad. It's only a question of degree. That's all. They're saying it's very bad. You're coming and killing all 
shooting 50 people or whatever, but they're doing the same thing, they're cutting the throats of the animals. They're also terrorists. They want, or they, this terrorism is very bad, there should be peace in them. Peace means they want peace, so they can peacefully cut animals' throats and enjoy sense gratification. This is why they want peace, so they can go on rebelling against Krishna and rejecting Krishna. So the whole society is uh, extremely hypocritical, devoid of spiritual knowledge. The roots that we were discussing this morning, they've, they've cut out the roots. The root of all existence is Vishnu, Krishna. But they don't want to accept. They don't accept or know that the real goal of life is Krishna. Everyone is interested in Swarit, their own self-interest. We should know our real self-interest is Krishna, to serve Krishna. But they have different ideas. Oh, I, I have got my opinion in my way. I'm doing it my way. I've got my way of thinking. All these advertisements, they're telling you, you should do it your own way. Which means they're advertising some cell phone or some clothes. You know, that means they're not doing, your, they're doing it their way. They tell you to buy this. And they're saying it's your own individual expression. It's not your individual expression. They're saying buy this cell phone and then you'll be, be your own individual. How you're, you're, you're doing what they're telling you to buy their cell phone. And people are so foolish. This whole advertisement of business is all based on people's foolishness. The people are so foolish that just because of some sign that they'll buy something. That they promise you something which you won't get. You never see an advertisement on the path to hell, that's all. They're tied up by the ropes of material ignorance. So Prabhupada wanted to get this Bhagavad Gita as it is and teach people what is the actual position of life that we are meant to serve Krishna. It's service to Krishna that is the constitutional position of the living being. Actually, we have nothing to do. Constitutionally, we have nothing to do with this world which we find ourselves in. We think that uh, I am this body, I live in Hyderabad, or whatever it may be. We think like that. We have nothing to do with this. Most people that are spiritually totally, totally ignorant. Just two, three days ago in one program someone was asking me that. What is the Atma? So I asked him, who are you? Me and Sam, I'm a human being. So I asked him, how old are you? And he said, I'm 35 years old. So I said, where were you 40 years ago? <laughs> I thought he said, Nahita, I, I, I didn't exist, I wasn't, I didn't exist. So ignorant. I mean, this is a Hindu, not, I mean, someone's born Hindu, and not only that, but someone with enough interest to come to a spiritual lecture. He had absolutely no idea. He'd heard the word Atma, but he had no idea, actually, what, any, any such idea. Who am I? I'm a human being. Where was I before the body was born? I didn't exist. I wasn't. 
People are so much in ignorance, and because, because of ignorance, people are suffering. They don't know. They don't know that the goal of life is Vishnu. So uh, they think that, they don't know, they don't consider, you know, they, they sit down to eat and there's uh, some rice and some meat and they eat the meat and they don't think that, you know, some living being had to be slaughtered and I'm also going to get slaughtered. They're thinking, oh, this Bhutswade, so nice, this nice meaty taste. They don't know that uh, after some time, someone else is going to be eating and saying Bahutswade, and that Bahutswade was your slaughtered body. You are the you are the cow that was made Bahutswade. You will become a very tasty cow for someone to <coughs> enjoy and go to hell. It's a big cycle. So people are thinking, eat eggs and grow more strong and healthy. So what will be the result of eating eggs? You'll end up in a poultry farm as one of the as one of the chickens, not as the owner. You see, the, the what's that Chandababu Naidu? He's trying to promote this poultry farms and fishy culture, fish farms. So you know, you don't have to tell him this, but uh, you know, next life he might end up in one of those farms himself. It's quite likely. He's so enthusiastic. Do, do good for the people. Pr- pr- promote the nation. Then make Andhra Pradesh very wonderful. With me as the chief minister, of course. <laughs> Vote for me. So, he doesn't know. He's thinking we're doing good for the citizens. But, as Prabhupada explained, the word for citizen, that is, in, in Sanskrit the word is praja. So, actually the word praja means one who has taken birth in the land. So that doesn't only mean human beings. That means every living being. It's not only human beings. The animals, the plants, they're also praja. And the duty of the king, or the, in the modern age they don't have kings, they vote instead. They vote various different varieties of rascals to be chief ministers and Prime Ministers and all these different things. So, uh, the duty of the king or the leader is to protect the citizens. Not to arrange that some of the citizens will be slaughtered by others and eaten. That is not the duty. It is the duty of the king to stop such things. But instead they think we're we're improving the society by introducing these things. People get more protein and they'll become more strong. Maybe they'll become more strong. Maybe. Physically. But uh, you have to take some karma for that also. Because anyway, the goal of life is not simply to become physically strong for some time. The goal of life is to become spiritually strong. And there are so many misconceptions. Once you're in ignorance, then simply one misconception comes after another. Just like if you're doing a, a complex calculation in mathematics, then once you make a, even if it's a simple arithmetical mistake, I mean you may have good knowledge of calculus and algebra and all these different things, but in the midst you may be doing your your uh, algebraic functions very nicely, but if you make a simple arithmetical mistake, then every line 
will be mistake, 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 mistake. All mistakes. So in the same way, if we make the basic mistake of thinking that I am this body, I am not the eternal servant of Krishna, then everything we do will simply be a mistake. And even though we may think that I'm becoming very advanced, we're simply piling up the ignorance. So in the same way, uh, modern society has made the mistake of not understanding Bhagavad Gita as it is, not understanding Krishna. So everything they do is simply mistake on mistake on mistake. Everything. So we shouldn't think. You see, uh, many times I'm seeing our devotees in the modern age. They, uh, somehow or other, they, it's like, you know, we want to be Krishna conscious, but we also, you know, we're also living in the world. So, all right, that's there. But they also tend to think, you know, if I can get, if I'm a PhD, then I'm better. You're not better. That means you've simply got more theoretical knowledge of which is wrong. You've piled up more wrong information in your head, that's all. But uh, what I mean to say is that they take, often our, even our devotees, even though they're chanting Hare Krishna, may be reading Prabhupada's books, I'm not sure. I hope they are. But, uh, I mean, if you're really reading Prabhupada's books, then you wouldn't think like this. But some or other, they subscribe to the values of this material world. That even though you're chanting Hare Krishna, and but st- still we're thinking that, you see, he's a devotee and he's a devotee, but he's a PhD devotee. Or he's, he's earning, he's a 50,000 rupee a month devotee. And he's only a you know, 2,500. This is a wrong understanding, this is a misconception. No one becomes better, but there's no... One is not intrinsically better because of any material con- qualification. Dhane jane pandityai krishnare nahipa kebao bhakti vash chetanya gamsani. That is, one cannot get Krishna by money, by being popularly acclaimed. Oh, he is a great devotee, he is a great person, he is a great leader. Not by any amount of knowledge, not even by scriptural knowledge, even one can recite the whole Bhagavad Gita. It doesn't necessarily mean Krishna, you're advancing Krishna consciousness. But it's only that if one has pure devotion to Krishna, actually, he can. then uh, Krishna becomes pleased. So really, coming to Krishna consciousness means coming out of material consciousness. We shouldn't maintain material consciousness along with Krishna consciousness. Then there's not Krishna consciousness, actually. It's not Krishna Of course, if one is in this miserable so-called secular life, then you may uh, you may try to enhance your career if it's conducive to Krishna consciousness. But you shouldn't think that no one should think that I am become, now I'm better. Before I was a branch manager, and now I'm an area manager. Now I'm better. Of course, that may be conducive for preaching also. Maybe if one is in a more... Because people are fools, they tend to think that if someone has a high position in human society, then we should listen to them more. But it's not... Actually, it's got... Whether you're a branch manager or a, a sweeper in the street or an area manager, it, is no, it, doesn't make any difference. it doesn't make any difference to your qualification to speak spiritual knowledge. Your spiritual knowledge has got nothing to do with material qualification. But people are foolish and they tend to judge in terms of material qualification. So it may be that it's, it, it may give one a better position to present Krishna consciousness to others, but we should know that 
one is not inherently better by any material qualification. If one is thinking like this, then he has not understood Krishna consciousness at all. Not slightly even. So one should uh, come out of material consciousness. This is the whole trouble. We're practicing Krishna consciousness, but we bring along with us so much mental baggage. Krishna says, Sarvatthaman parityajam jamame kam sharnam Give up all your nonsense ideas and surrender to me. So we think, I'll surrender to Krishna, but in my own way. And that is not surrender. We have to surrender the way Krishna tells. So if we think that, yeah, that, yeah, I, I've got my own angle, or actually, you see, I'm a better devotee because of this, or, or he's a better devotee because he's, you see, he's not just a devotee, but he's a PhD devotee. There's no such thing as a PhD devotee. That's, it's a, but of course, we can give some kind of formal respect to them, but ultimately we want to see how much someone has surrendered to Krishna. So, Krishna consciousness, what does that mean? That means to see the world as Krishna sees it. Not thinking that I am Krishna, but seeing the world as Krishna has described in Bhagavad Gita. From the position of a jiva, but with Krishna's angle on the world. This Arjuna invited. Here we see in this question that Arjuna has asked, that uh, why why are you explaining like this Krishna Arjuna had his own ideas but he was trying to understand what Krishna was saying this is Arjuna's great qualification that he started off Arjuna started off here in Bhagavad Gita with a different idea to that of Krishna but he realized that actually my idea there's something wrong with it otherwise why am I so miserable and confused and he saw that Krishna is not miserable and confused he addressed Krishna first of all in Bhagavad Gita. The first name Arjuna addresses Krishna with is Achuta. Senayor Ubhyamadye Rakam Stapya Mechuta. The first word, the first name Krishna, uh, Krishna is described by Arjuna with so many names in Bhagavad Gita. Deva Deva, Jagatpati. Here we have uh, Keshava. Janardana, two names in this. So, so many names. Krishna, yeah, Govinda, so many names he's addressed. Madhusudan, he addresses Krishna by so many names in this Bhagavad Gita. But the first name he says, Achuta, which means that you are infallible. You do. I'm in Maya. You are not. So, he understood that I've got my ideas, but Krishna, he's situated in the right idea. So, my idea is actually not a very good idea. I should understand what is Krishna's idea. So he's trying to understand that I have to make my consciousness Krishna consciousness. It's not exactly a mechanical thing. One has to understand and accept that. It's not, it's not a dogmatic